Welcome back, Crusaders, to the Nerd Crusade Podcast. This is episode 49. I'm your host, Ian, and with me as always is Courtney. Hello. This week we're going to be talking about Monarch, uh, Legacy of Monsters, uh, and the What If series. Uh, and Doctor Who. And Doctor Who's Christmas special, because that's the first episode with the new Doctor. Uh, so let's jump into uh, Monarch. Monarch. We are on see, season one. Season one, yes. <laughs> episode Eight, eight or nine? Eight. Episode eight, Birthright. Um, this was a pretty interesting episode. We finally kind of get more information on what Shaw is doing, get more information on what the big theory is and, like, how how the Hollow Earth theory works. Because, like, Kong versus Godzilla showed us Hollow Earth and everybody's like, where's that sun coming from? It's yeah, not where's the core, this going? It's obviously not the core of the planet type of thing, right? Um, but basically... Their answer is interdimensional portals. Yeah, like this underground lava pit that Godzilla's laying in. That uh, what's his name dies. Say uh, what what's his name dies in in mm-hmm. uh, King of Monsters is an alternate world or something. Yes, basically. Even though they got there through a submarine and underground thing, I think. You know, they yeah. could pass through a portal, but they didn't yeah. show that because they haven't. Came up with that theory or yeah. concept. I think it's more so an explanation of like Kong's world and the Hollow Earth thing. Yeah, but they're tying it into all of Monarch and the Godzilla universe that Universal's creating. Yeah, and they're kind of saying like all the Titans are moving around. It's Universal, no. Or uh, moving around uh, through these underground passages by going inside Earth. Like the Earth is bigger on the inside, kind of like a TARDIS yeah. uh, logic. Um, they're being very vague with it because they don't want to explain everything of it, obviously. Well, they're not going to explain everything in this first kind of intro, intro episode of it. I don't think they're going to explain it ever. They're just going to say, like, it's this. It's, it's just deal with it. It's bigger on the inside. That's all you got to know. It's and it's, and it's interdimensional portals that make it bigger on the inside. So deal with it. <laughs> That's why the inner earth is like, a, like Kong's world has like a sun and all that stuff because it's another dimensional world inside the planet. Right. Which is weird, but... Anyway. Yeah, it's bigger on the inside. It's basically the big thing there. Um, Which is what, back in the 1950s, uh, the original Monarch crew discovered. Yeah. Uh, Or figured out. Yeah, because they they had to make the map that the kids had basically to prove to the government why they should keep spending money on Monarch. Because because of Shaw's, like, I love you, fuck up, and went to (laughs) uh, Vietnam or wherever to... Confess his love to uh, Kyoko, uh, and then end up ruining his relationship. They lost control of Monarch. It went to the Navy Admiral, who then said, "Yeah, this is frivolous spending. I'm going to shut this shit down so I can spend money, have the government spend money on my shit." Yeah, <laughs> which is which obviously is what all government uh, entities eventually do. It's like I'm going to spend it on my thing. Yeah, I'm going to try to shut this one little thing down. So, like, the nice thing was that, like, presented the episode there in the flashback in the fifties. Shaw kind of gave a final fuck you to that Navy dude by saying, like, they never told him that they saw Godzilla again because they would, they thought the military would just build a bigger bomb and try and blow him up again. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically made it sound like the Admiral omitted it from his report so that yes. he could redirect funding for his own projects and fuck over Monarch and handed that report over to the uh, head general. General, yeah. Who was meeting with the vice president about... Uh, uh, the funding for the military for that year, probably. Yeah, and so basically made it look like, oh, the stuff that we didn't tell Admiral, he we did tell him, he admitted it, and mm-hmm. it's like, 
I personally saw Godzilla myself. He's still alive. We did not kill it. Yeah, and that he, he's sh- happy and he's swimming like a little clam in the water. That shocked the general, like to his mother, like, "What? We didn't kill it?" Because like they they thought they had killed Godzilla. Yeah. Um, but no yeah, body, I, no death. Yep. So uh, that was interesting, like background there. Yeah, and then this is also an episode where we see Kyoko. Or K is what she's most commonly go by, uh, that she had a son and she was a widow. Yeah. And like, like we all assumed that the Rhonda kids were descendants from uh, the Rhonda dude. Or maybe Shaw and her had a, had a kid and then she got married Rhonda instead. She actually had a kid prior, mm-hmm. who I'm assuming is their dad. Yeah. Um, that's why I assume as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm not getting that they end up having kids after the fact. Because, like, she dies. In like, like, in the next mid- six months. Yeah, six from months or something. After like, yeah. she reveals. She, I believe, if I remember that timeline that they showed. Yeah, Rhonda probably raises the kid yeah, after the fact. adopts, and thus the kid takes yeah. on his last name. like, I think it was, like, her and maybe, like, her mother or something that she brought over. Yeah. To t- uh, while she was working. Didn't tell anybody about it because she said being a... Japanese woman, yeah, after World War II, and scientists not being taken seriously, considered a spy, and finding out that she's a widow. On top of that. People would just assume, assume that she can't do anything, basically. Yeah. Um, so that kind of made sense. I wish they would go more into, or, because they only touched on it a little bit when they said, like, oh, you have an FBI file on her, or she has this background. They don't explain everything it is. So they kind of point to that, oh, the, your your background thing was with your kid. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Admiral was, like, jabbing at her about. But it's like, that's kind of a weird thing to have an FBI jab. Yeah. Oh, you have a kid? That's weird. I thought it would be more so, like, her family was in an internment camp or, or somebody or something like that. I wish they yeah, would more Yeah, or, like, that. her husband was with the Japanese military during World War Two, And that's yeah, something the majority to majority look- hostility towards her. But, oh, but I thought it would have been more. I thought it would be more impressive if they talked a little bit about, like, Oh, you were in an internment camp. Yeah. And this and that. And, like, that, that's one thing that, like, in U.S. history, they always gloss over and nobody ever fucking talks about. One of the about. many things is all the in, uh, internment camps that uh, the U.S. had. Because Bainbridge Island was a giant internment camp. Yeah. And, like, they don't... We, nobody ever talks about that part of it because it basically... Internment camp is technically a concentration camp for Jews, but we did it to Japanese people. It's yeah. just when the war ended, we let them all go. Yeah. And we didn't kill any of them in there, but I think they were, some people, probably some of the elderly probably died in in camps due to uh, poor because they're basically prison camps. Yeah. That they just and Japanese their, citizens. Yeah, into. and then all their businesses got raided. It's a yeah. whole mess. and, and no, Entirely the, fucked up. Yeah, as much as, like, America wants to forget about slavery being the cause of the Civil War and all that bullshit that goes on nowadays in politics... They don't even mention internment camps. It's period. not even spoken. Um, only people who ever bring that stuff up are usually people of Japanese descent that, who have yes. parents or grandparents who were uh, who li- who went to those places or yep. who suffered from it. But I thought that would have been a more interesting thing to point out in the story than just oh she had a kid. Um, Same. But you get a little bit more of her background. You see how her and Rhonda kind of build a relationship together. She says, "Hey, well, I'll, I'll always have your back and I'll always help you with your kid and all that." Yep. Um, because there's that one point where like Shaw was zoning out and he's having and there's a kind of a flashback memory where they're talking about oh the kid's yeah, gonna when, have my arm and he'll have your brains. Yeah, the, it was like in the back. He was sitting in the back seat and he flashed to when they were 
driving up to Kazakhstan yeah. and having that conversation. So maybe she was pregnant. Oh. So she could have been pregnant uh, at early stages. Oh, because remember, towards the end, Shaw did say that he has been in the un or in that uh, been other, other world. world. So maybe he went and got her because we don't know because they because the la latest um, year that we see is when she gets pulled down by the cockroaches thing, yeah. things. And that, that's the thing is that um. So we don't have anything past then until uh, 2015. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like the big glowing hole that they blew up in in. Alaska was basically one of these portals like so these big radiation spikes that they're seeing all over the world are what are these portals to these other worlds where the where the mutos are coming out of yeah um, and shots trying to plug them up yeah but by plugging them up though he's causing the other ones to generate more energy so he says he's trying to help Godzilla but again we, nobody knows what Godzilla's motivation is yeah he's trying he to say that like he's not a mindless animal which we know he's not yeah and that Godzilla is trying to keep back according to Shaw Godzilla is trying to keep balance between our world and the Mudo's, Mudo's world. So world keeping us out of their on the Titan world and keeping the Titans out of up. our world but like he's the gatekeeper in between so he's here just he's here he's there he's every yeah. fucking where Godzilla yeah he's he's so like it's kind of like they kind of portray him as a gatekeeper between yeah. the two worlds, which is kind that's of weird. how Shaw is portraying. Yeah, that's how Shaw is portraying it. So again, the one thing we'll never find out in any of these monarch shows is, and any Godzilla movie or TV show, any rendition of it is, you never know what is Godzilla's motivation because we never get anything from Godzilla's point of view. Yes, or what it's thinking or what Godzilla needs to do. Godzilla's just an animal doing its thing. Mm -hmm. Supposedly here, it's to keep our world separate and like. Put down the titans that try to come over and keep humans from going going over there. But he doesn't really do much to stop human beings from doing shit. Yeah. He's only basically stopping titans from from crossing over. Right. Well, um, at this point in time, he's not stopping humans from doing anything. Yeah. He does in Godzilla vs. Kong, where he goes after the uh, buildings when they were making Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, because the Mecha Godzilla was being powered by Ghidorah's brain. So he was yeah. sensing Ghidorah again. And that's why he had to go, go, that's why Godzilla's like, I gotta destroy this because Ghidorah's back, it's still alive somehow. I gotta yeah. kill. Um, because in King uh, King of the Monsters, what this does explain with King of the Monsters is like, where did all those Budos go? Right. That all showed up to bow to Godzilla and the movie. How'd they get there? And nobody noticed. And where did they go after all that stuff? This portal to another dimensional world thing would answer that. Because um, they're, they're obviously not all in the hollow earth where Kong comes from. Right. Because we would, you expect to see more of them wandering around in that area. Yeah. Where there are some giant, some giant creatures there, but they're not. Well, we only see one. We see, we see the, like the lizards, the flying lizard stuff. And yeah. Stuff. So we think like the lizard things from, from Kong come from that same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would assume all the other Mudos are from maybe different area. Different well, it's like every continent has like their yeah. own different animals. So that's probably the same with the uh, other world. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But like basically they catch up to Sean Kazakhstan where he wants to close the portal that basically killed K or what we assume killed K. Mm -hmm. um, they set up, they're setting off their bombs to blow it up, to blow it up. And that's when um, the shit starts falling apart because the Muda shows up, which is yeah. the giant cockroach. Yep. Oh, but before that, uh, Shaw asks um, the 
girl daughter, what is her name? May, not May, uh, what is her name? Oh, God. Uh, gosh, he, he, Kate. Kate. Kate, yes. Yeah, yes, he, tell, he brings Kate to explain the whole, explain everything we just basically said. Yeah. Um, basically because she wants to know and he, like, thinks that she can understand what his, what he's going Yeah, his for. motivation, because he's. <laughs> Knows that she looked Godzilla in the eye, and he's like, "You can tell he's intelligent." Yeah, Godzilla's not a dumb animal. Yeah, um, which I kind of thought was like, "That's a weak argument." I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys both saw Godzilla, but like the person who really saw Godzilla look him in the eye was the main character from the was Kickass in the first movie. Was Kick, uh, yeah, because like Godzilla saw... passes out in front of them. Yeah, he really saw him, and then um, it's not until uh, King of the Monsters when. Uh, What's his name goes and sacrifices himself. Yeah, so I, I feel like but Godzilla's like looked at two people, two people specifically, heart heart. and like made a connection. And she's made not, a connection. she and Shaw are not one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing we've seen has made us think that they that they would be any of them. Exactly. Um, but Shaw does explanation goes hits a button goes all right let's move out we're blowing it up now. Um, but as they're doing it, Muda's coming out. Uh, May basically almost. Falls, falls no may falls in falls into the pit. and we were cheering because we're like yay she and finally died it looks like i think believe sean and kate fall in they, at the yes. very end and that's sean where and kate fall in we saw them and we're like oh damn it and that's where it goes back. so we're gonna the next episode should be them in this other world possibly and yeah then unfortunately they're trying to get back die. there are two more episodes left so the next episode should be them in the other world and wrapping some stuff up and then the final finale yeah. should wrap everything up with them definitely back here and with maybe an idea of what they think Godzilla is doing and what they're trying to do. He thinks Godzilla is... Because, like, closing the portals to stop Mudos from coming through, Godzilla's not doing any of that. He's no. not destroying any of it. So, I don't know that... I don't think that's the right, the right motivation. You're right. Godzilla is just like, oh, if something shows up, I'm going to fucking take it down. Yeah, I'll I'll take care of and it. And, like, the storyline in, in Kong versus Godzilla is, like, Godzilla's the alpha, so anytime another alpha shows up, he's going to destroy it. Right. Um, to assert his dominance. That's why he always fought. He was always fighting after Kong. And then at the end, they fucking made a connection of okay, we'll team up, beat Mechagodzilla, and now you go back to your fucking world, and leave me, and leave the yeah. thing to me. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing because there's a lot of people projecting what they think Godzilla wants to do, and even like as an audience member, you're doing the same thing, but like nobody really knows exactly because Godzilla obviously isn't destroying portals, so he's not wanting the, the portals, portals to be, be destroyed. destroyed. And by destroying them, they're ca he's causing the other ones to be more powerful. And that's what Kate was trying to tell Shaw. like, what you're doing may not be the right thing. you got to think of everything else. And his main problem with Monarch is that, like, they look at data and then they just keep looking at data. And they wait to see what happens yeah, next. Yeah, and don't do anything to protect. Yeah, so, like, doing this, he thinks he's protecting the world, saving the world. But he could be putting doing more, more damage. damage. But we'll find out in yeah. the next episode. But it's still a really good show. I still yeah. definitely recommend this. Yeah, especially when it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next uh, thing to talk about is Marvel released on Disney Plus uh, the What If series. Yeah, well, we talked about the first episode that came out, uh, but all episodes are out now because they released them um, every single day for the past week. And the last episode was on December 30th. Oh, yeah. And they basically did one every day for the rest of the year. Yeah. Which was 
pretty cool. Um, as we said, we were hoping we we're going to see, like, hey, do they all connect like they do in the first series? Where just, these are all just one-off stories that eventually came to a big arc at the end of the first season mm-hmm. where the Ultron story turned into Ultron actually seeing the Watcher and then getting control of the multiverse. And then basically the multiverse Avengers come, come together and defeat Ultron and save the world, which Peggy Carter is one of them. Mm-hmm. This... So it- I would say kind of. Yeah, it, doesn't it, doesn't do, it does not do it as well as the first season did. But it was still really good. I liked a lot of the episodes. Some of the episodes I was like, eh, about others I was all in for. Yeah, like my favorite episodes was different. I like Nebula joined Nova Corps. Yep, that's my favorite That's one. like a cool cyberpunk one. Um, the Happy Hogan Saves Christmas was like a, was a diehard tribute, which was kind of cool. Uh, um, that but, I was it was, less... but it wasn't a great episode. It was just, it was, I like the fact that it, it was, was like a the fun, Yeah, it was just the fun tongue-in-cheek, but I was kind of like meh about that yeah, one. Yeah, I thought the next really best one was Iron Man Crash to Grandmaster, where they have like, I like the car racing in there. Yeah, I guess. Because it was, it was just basically a giant like demolition derby car race mm-hmm. uh, episode, um, which a lot of cartoons will go to an arc where they have that and that'll be an arc that'll last like four or five episodes and some things are like Dragon Ball Z or an anime be like a fucking month's worth of fucking episodes of like a tournament or something. Yeah. This is like the American version of a tournament in a show. A show. But it's one Done ep- in ten minutes. But it's one episode and yeah. I thought it. I've liked the interaction of Jeff Goldblum was fucking hilarious in it. I'm glad he came back. Tessa Thompson was great in it. Um, and having, uh, Taiki Wakiti's character again, uh, doing it, it's like just seeing the crazy chariots, which are all race cars, like yeah. Mad Max styled out and this crazy race. Um, what I really liked though was the, the what Kiori. a reshaped world, which was a completely yeah. Native American story. I really like that one too. Um, and I'm pretty That's sure. That's probably my second favorite one. I'm pretty sure they're using like the correct native language and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I would hope so. Um, I liked Hella Fellow found the Ten Rings. Yeah, I just didn't like how quickly she changed. You know, from I am Queen of Death to, or the Goddess of Death to I'm Goddess of Life. Like, so quick. Yeah, and it was also more like, she didn't find the Ten Rings. She doesn't use the Ten, ten. Rings. The guy who has the Ten Rings has the Ten Rings. Yeah, she never uses it. <laughs> um, so it's but, kind of a bait-and-switch title. Yeah, because um, basically what it is, it's... What happens to Thor in the Thor movie, the first Thor movie, instead it's happening to Hela, where Odin casts her down to Earth, takes away her helmet and her powers, and she has to learn a lesson. And the lesson is, I'm going to beat the shit out of everybody. Because like, she never really gets to the point where, like, I need to be good. It's more mm-hmm. like, I need to beat the shit out of my father. Yeah. I need to beat the shit out of this guy who, wants, who has the Ten Rings because he wanted to use me. Oh, you know what? I don't like my stepmother either. I gotta, maybe it's three people I want to beat the shit out of. Like, she never really yeah. resolves anything about her anger. No. It's just she learns the kung fu stuff um, in order to fight Odin. <laughs> and then Odin basically shows up thinking, oh, we couldn't see you anymore, so we thought you were dead. dead. So we're so taking our revenge against these people for your death. It's and like, it's like no. So they, then her and the guy with the Ten Rings team up. They fight Odin. She beats the shit out of Odin. And then ends up learning the lesson of, I, res- I understand the value of life versus I'm just a goddess of death. Yeah. And I want to change... I want to the, not the world, but the universe, so everyone's free. Yeah, like it comes down to she wanted her free will instead of being a tool for her father. Right. 
but then that gets perverted into the concept that I'm going to take the nine realms and set them all free. But how's she going to do that by taking Shang Chi and the Ten Rings? Well, not Shang Chi. It's not Shang Chi. It's not the lock. Yeah, the guy who has the Ten Rings and going to <laughs> conquer the rest of the nine realms so that they can all be free under whatever she deems is freedom. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it's it's a really quick character change at the end that makes kind of no sense. Yeah. And the resolution is like, you're still conquering everybody. You're not really letting them be free. Exactly. And then my third favorite one uh, is the Avengers Assemble in 1602. <coughs> yeah. I, re- I like that one, too. So That was like a D&D it's a Robin D&D, Hood adventure. And it was amazing. And the character designs for everyone is wonderful and a delight. And the story's just a... It's a fun little story. Well, I thought it was cool is that because Steve Rogers is in this again, and he's not the skinny Steve Rogers from Peggy Carter's universe. No, he's buff, he's sexy. Captain, he's Captain America. I didn't realize until they actually kind of the twist of it that he was the first like future person to show up there. You realize, oh, because he has the arm shield kind of like in uh, uh, Infinity War. Yeah, from Wakanda. He's... The Cap- Captain America from that universe, yeah, fighting Thanos, who got suddenly warped into the 1602. That was cool. It's like, oh, cool, that's a Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers, and here's Captain Carter, Peggy, and they- they're all flirty, flirting <laughs> yeah. with each other. You're like, yeah, you two get it. It's really good, but then it all comes together in the last episode, which unfortunately. It, the reason why it doesn't work as well as the other one was because I think it was a couple episodes that brought it all together. Yeah, it was basically episode number five, episode eight is what ties in uh, for nine. Nine, which is basically Doctor Strange is back from the very first season. Yeah, bad Strange. He's pretending to be good, like I'm trying to, to capture all the world, all the universe killers out there and keep them in prison so that they don't destroy their universes. Yep. But turns out he's just trying to bring it back his own universe by taking all the most powerful beings in the in all universes and throwing them into a forge or basically a pit. Yeah. So Captain Carter and uh, Kiori, the Native American hero, um, are the one, uh, ones who show up and basically fight him and stop him. Yeah. And save all the people who are going to throw. So we kind of get a recap where you see like zombie Scarlet Witch and her zombie hordes. That who then end up being taken over by Hela and because uh, she's a goddess of death, uh, we see ha- uh, Hogan at ha- Happy Hogan as a Hulk. Yep. Well, that, you that, see that in episode th- two or three, right? Two, uh, three. Three. Which, which the thing is, I felt like that episode is only there to explain why there's a purple Hulk in the last episode. Well, and also in episode eight too. Yeah, happy. Yeah, he, he kind of hulks out a little bit there because like he's uh, first we didn't realize it was him because just his first line there's nah. <laughs> yeah, like, stop. It's weird. It's like really weird. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> but like it, you have all the different types of uh, heroes that we saw in the first season. A bunch of new ones that we haven't seen. Uh, mm-hmm. We see Black Panther wearing Infinity Armor, but it's um. The it's, well, it's the guy from um, Michael B. Jordan's yeah. Black Panther. But he, yeah, who was in the first season? Yeah, and fought alongside with Peggy and Strange. But this is a different version that we've never seen of him it's before. Him, yeah, he got the thing, and he was supposed to be stuck fighting Strange. He didn't and... have Infinity Armor in the first episode, first season. Right. I don't want to call him ever Infinity Armor because, like, basically, he shows up to stop and 
Nobody has a motivation to stop Peggy and Kiori from trying to get to the Forge. They're just all fighting each other for no fair reason. That's what they do. Because yeah. heroes and villains just fight. They just fight. That's basically they all bunch of, bunch of people released from their prisons and they all just start fighting each other for some yeah. reason. So um, they just start a giant prison riot. For yeah, basically. Um, but that's how Captain Carter gets all the Infinity Stones, which then brought up the reason, like, if you have all the Infinity Stones, can you just use your reality stone and bring his fucking universe back? Why does he need to kill all these people exactly. to bring his universe back? Um, especially when you have the reality stone to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not in the TVA. They're not paperweights. Yeah. So good. That's that episode I felt was very weak mm-hmm. for wrapping it all together. Um, but like I said, it did have like really good episodes in there. Um, like you said, like the Nebula one, which I was Nebula is still my favorite. I wish for this, this season. tied into the, the narrative at the end, but it never yeah. does. Um, the Captain Carter and the Hydra Stomper one was interesting. Was, well, that ties into the end. Yeah. Um, the 1602 was really good. And um, uh, the Cure, Cure. Which reshaped the world was really good. Yeah. Well, we didn't even talk about the second episode at all. Because it really is a forgettable episode. Which is uh, Peter Quill attacks Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Which he kind of does. Not really. I mean, basically, it's 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 it's... Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but if Peter Quill was a kid fighting his dad and not Peter Quill the adult. I think the thing is, yeah. is Peter Quill the adult was a much more entertaining fight against Ego because I'm going to make some weird shit. He does the Pac-Man thing and all the yeah. other stupid crap that he that they pull and they're fighting on Ego. That here, him fighting Ego on Earth as a child and like the bo- and like kind of like the McGovern, oh look, I got the plan, I absorbed it, now I, now I can destroy you. It was kind of like meh. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of interesting to see how they assembled an Avenger team for 1988, though. Yeah, and that's the one where, like, like the the lazy journalists out there are like, oh, this totally changes Tony Stark's story because they recruit the uh, Winter Soldier because Russia wants to stop this alien showed us that could destroy the world, which is Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. And then, basically, Stark's dad convinces uh, Bucky because they, they had research that it was possibly Bucky, and then they kind of see him. I was like, yeah, it's Bucky, obviously. Yeah. That he should follow his Russian orders, and basically Bucky goes rogue there. So therefore, Bucky never kills Stark's parents, and it changes stuff. But it's like this is a what if episode. This changes nothing, nothing. in the MCU. Yeah, this is all bullshit. Like one one shot stories that are just fun to tell, dude. Like, which is what makes them so great. Like, yeah, you'll have some duds, but then you go to the next episode, and you're like, ah, oh, this is fun. That's why I love little shorts, because one, you're like, eh, I'm not too into it. And the other one, you're like, I'm all into it. I need, like, a five-part miniseries on Justice, you know? Yeah. But um, they are coming out with season three. They don't know were, when. Don't know when. I think they said later this year. Don't quote me. Um, but there is going to be a season three. They were going to do a season four, but Disney decided to cancel it because Disney sucks. Well, because Bob Iger wants to like cut all the Disney Plus uh, funding and show building because like they they made shows throughout the year that honestly there's only one show that they made that they completely gave up on, which was Willow because they cut that off. They completely removed it from existence. Yeah, which sucks because. There's no no one there now. No one will be able to watch that ever, to a point where this will become a fever dream for people. To be like, do you remember the Willow TV show? No, I don't remember. It. Are you I sure? Think, I totally remember the show. I would show. think some people like ripped it. Was able to rip it though. Probably there was this book got to be torrents of it somewhere. Yeah, there's. I'm 100 percent certain there's torrents. You could probably watch it on YouTube if you look for it. Yeah, um, 
But the, like you said, the nice thing about these sh- about the what if stuff is that the short little one shots they'll come together towards the end for some big arc possibly, which it, but it this, doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. Opinion. It could just be an anthology show. And the nice thing is like they're only thirty minutes, so like it's a great nice little short one shot of like first season had like what if the Marvel Universe was zombies, which they did do a whole huge comic book run of like uh, zombie Marvel, and they I know DC did the Darkest Night uh, zombie run as well. Yeah. So you got to explore a lot of stuff. So that's why I do like the What If series. It's a shame that they're not going to do season four. Hopefully they do get to finish season three and we get to see more of it. Yeah, I hope so too. If we're lucky, maybe season three will be so good that Disney has to renew it for season four. Yeah, Disney. So hopefully they uh, work work their asses off on that. Yeah. All right, so moving on. (laughs) Uh, Next thing is the Doctor Who Christmas special. So every year they have... They do do this every year where they have... They're going to end a Doctor's reign. They're going to close it out. Then they're going to do specials leading up to the next Doctor. And then they're going to do a Christmas special, which might sometimes be the old Doctor or might be the new Doctor. And then they don't come back till fucking April, which sucks. Yeah. But the Christmas special they did this year was called Church on Ruby Road, uh, which we finally get to see the new Doctor um, do kind of be have an episode all to himself and like how he works. Yes. Um, well, because the... First time you meet him, you still have Tennant there chewing up the scene and being all in it. So you barely really see the new Doctor, to be honest. Yeah. And I want to say when they switched from Tennant to Smith, they're what, they're, the Christmas special in between was just all Tennant. Yeah. Because even though the series ended with Tennant turning into Smith, uh, regenerating at the end and exploding, and then Smith's episode starts with him exploding in the TARDIS and having been regenerated. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like... The three-part special was to reveal the new Doctor. Kind of. Kind of. Why, why, <laughs> like, there's like two unnecessary episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then one great one. <laughs> yeah. And then this episode is just is like the first adventure with the Doctor. We don't mm-hmm. know if Ruby is going to end up being. I hope so. Because I like how they play off each other. Yeah. I hope she's the new companion. Yeah. But, her name's Ruby Sunday. And I love it. They could possibly just have him have a different person. I... I I wonder if this is like a test where you're like, do people like their chemistry? If mm. not, then we'll just cast somebody, somebody else, else or... on the beginning of the next season, right? Yeah. And that's the same with the Christmas specials. They ki- they're kind of canon and they're kind of not canon. Because, like, nobody, they never get referred to ever again in any of our episode. Mm-hmm. Even though they'll bring back characters from prior seasons or prior things to, an, to a Christmas adventure, they're never referenced that specific adventure ever. Um, but this one, I, what I liked about it, kind of as a preview for what the show has in, has to bring, set design is going to look really cool. Yes. Um, and kind of, and it'll have like a bit of a fanciful feel to it. Yeah. Because um, basically the story in this is that it's it's like Labyrinth. The goblin stole a baby and the doctor and the companion are going to get the baby back. Yeah. But, but then there's more to it. Yeah. There's a little bit of time travel. Because time machine. Yeah. Time travel. Um, but we kind of see a little bit of the doctor's uh, thing, which is like he has this, uh, like, he was out at the party. Like, he was wearing a tank top and a kilt and just at a nightclub just he's dancing. dancing off. He's having the best time of life. He's finally failing himself. He's like, I'm free. I'm happy. Let's do this. Oh, shit's happening. Let's be clever about it and not be all mopey and angry and figure it out. Yeah. And he's excited to figure it out. And another thing I really like is he is an inventor because he invented like these gloves and he's like, look, I made this. That's right. So like 
how this all starts off is that there's this girl, Ruby, uh, Ru- uh, Ruby Sunday, yep. who was an orphan found up by left outside of a church. As orphans do. And like she's being interviewed for this TV show where they're going to try and do... Try to find, find her, her parents. parents. Through some DNA testing or something. Um, but she basically is having... It starts off at the beginning of December of the month. And after this interview, like it looks like gremlins are like setting up like bad luck for her or something to happen. And, like, she's always, like, just barely getting out of the bad situation, but somebody else is experiencing bad luck because of it constantly. Yeah. And it goes, like, from the beginning of the month all the way down to, the to like, Christmas Day, where, like, these accidents start happening around her, or are barely, or, and, like, the last one with the snowman falling off the building is, like, prevented by the doctor using his screwdriver on the, on the traffic like to get the cab to go. Yep. And it kind of goes into this convoluted concept of, like, Coincidence. If, the, if all, we have all this bad luck coincidence stuff, the goblins because they didn't go with gremlins and with goblins instead. Yeah. Create this coincidence. These coincidences so that they can get their hands on get, to hone in, to hone and, in and, and get uh, get what they uh, want. Basically, yeah, get the person who's causing it or get a child or whatever. Yeah. So all this all this bad luck that's happening around her is all just a, all coincidences that they're causing so that they'll have the opportunity to steal a baby. And feed it to their king. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's where it gets dark. Where it's like, oh, it's going to eat the eat this baby. <laughs> yeah, they have a whole song about eating babies. Yeah. And which, we're going to eat this baby. Which was really well produced, which was like, that's cool. Yeah, I'm like, dang. But we put a lot of money in this one. The doctor notices, like, at, he notices her at the nightclub where kind of some bad luck's happening and saves her, fr- uh, her, her friends in the cab from the snowman from falling on them, which is like this giant metal snowman on the side of the building. Yeah. Like a giant light-up one that yeah. you find, like, it's Christmas yeah. display. So, basically, he now notices something's up with Ruby Sunday, and so he kind of starts following her or whatnot, into the point where, like, um, which we find out she's home and she's at a foster home where, like, they kept her, they actually kept her instead of, like, um, letting her go off to another foster home. Yeah. And this foster parent has had, like, 33 kids that she's fostered, and they're just yeah, now going to... off and on. Yeah, and now she's getting another child. On ba- Christmas a, a, Eve. A, a baby. And that's when the doctor shows up and is like, oh, okay, all these coincidences, what is it, what is it, what is it? Boom, goblin steal baby. And that's when he's out, they're, they're falling the, out the window where the baby could have gone. And that's when they see this, like, ladder. Yeah. And, like, she grabs onto it. That's when he's, like, running after, like... Why would you grab onto a ladder just because you saw it? And he jumps on it too. And that's when he points out that, oh, look, I invented these gloves. Mm. And they're the gloves. It puts all the weight in your hand. And that way you don't have any weight on your body. Um, So that's the point where, like, they point out that he's an inventor. Yeah. Which I thought was, all right, cool. That's a new trade of the doctor. He invents stuff now. So he'll not only have a screwdriver as the magic MacGuffin to fix anything. He'll probably have a gadget that he'll come up with. Yeah. Which will be interesting to see in the future. And then, basically, they get pulled up onto this goblin flying airship, which was really cool design. Um, and the set design and the, even the goblin design was done really well because, like, it's so it's they're clearly like CG, but it's like it looks like it's CG of somebody in a costume that they duplicated and yeah. then added CG elements to it. But it's done in a kind of interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how the ship was like all connected by ropes. Yeah, and he figured was figuring them out, and he's. He was so delighted. Yeah, he's like yelling at her. He's like, what are you doing? I'm learning rope. Leave me alone. Yeah. And like, because he's studying all the different rope knots that are tied everywhere, figuring out that the ship was all kind of tied together and lashed together through ropes. 
That's when they get to like the big hallway where the baby's on a conveyor belt and the goblins are singing a song about feeding baby, eating babies and feeding it to their king. And that's where you see like this giant fat, fat goblin. Goblin just kinda like blah yeah. at the end of the conveyor belt ready to eat it. And like through his super quick way of learning how to read ropes, obviously saves the day. Like they do a little musical number. Yep. Um, the little song and dance thing. They take the baby, they get away, they get home. And then that's where it kind of takes another twist that suddenly huge, huge crack in the, in the building ceiling. The pe- uh, people who live there are freaking like, what's going on? Why is there a crack here? What are we going to do with this? And it's Christmas and all this. And then we it's notice Christmas that, Eve. You notice that Ruby's nowhere to be found. Yeah. And that's when he realizes, no, the goblins can time travel. They went back and they took Ruby uh, when she was a baby. baby at the church. And that prevents everything that has happened. But that yeah. also prevents um, this woman from, like, fostering 33 children. Yeah. And, like, she sees fostering a child as a burden, no longer a joy. So it was, like, to impact, like, the kind of the wonderful life scenario. Where, like, hey, Ruby had this impact on them that made them want to... Con- I'd say it was, like, a theme this year for yeah. uh, Christmas movies. Is yeah. It's a wonderful life. And it's, like, her impact on their life, like, made them better people. Mm-hmm. So, like... Clearly, the doctor needs to save this person because she has such a good impact on everybody around her. Yeah. Um, except for the TV producer that's like, Ruby, are you having bad luck? I'm having bad luck. And then a tree basically falls on the and kills her or something. Yeah, you think he's going to kill her. But like, and she's like in a wheelchair now with a neck brace, a broken leg. And this tree's about to fall on her. And impale her with the star. star yeah. Um, but basically, the doctor then goes back in time. Yep. And uh, saves Ruby as a baby from getting eaten by the goblins. Mm-hmm. By literally doing what some of the most graphics that we've ever seen happen in t- Doctor Who, where yeah. he brings down the 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 goblin ship onto the spire of, of the, the church, church, and the spire goes impales through the, the goblin giant king. goblin king. Yeah, it was like it's so graphic. You're I, like, oh I've my god! Never seen anything that violent in Doctor Who. Like he, he murdered him. Yeah, and then the. Goblin ship basically disappears from existence. They don't explain yeah. any of that, but hey, it's Doctor Who and they, they're interdimensional time traveling goblins, apparently. Um, saves Ruby, doesn't bother to chase down her mother who left who left the basket yeah, there. Yeah, but we see her walking away, so I'm like, who could it be? So I think that's going to be a big. That if they keep their, Ruby, I think that's going to be their big arc. Is like who's tie in is going to be who's Ruby's mom? Yeah, and who is she really, and all yeah. that type of stuff. I'm kind of hoping that it's her, his daughter. That would be cool. That would that be way, cool. She's like the granddaughter. Well, she'll eventually give him a granddaughter because <laughs> mm-hmm. the very first doctor who he was traveling around with, with his, his granddaughter. granddaughter. So it'd be cool if this was his daughter. Oh yeah, that would be cool. So it'd be like. If if River Song dropped the baby off there, yeah, yeah, if that was River Song, in one of her lives dropping the baby off. Yeah, because she because she transformed a couple of times. I want to say, <clears throat> well, before what, giving up her power. No. Ruby uh, River Song was the black girl that turns into River Song at when she gives away all her regenerations. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. And she was. Um, she, you're right. It could be one of her other lives, but like she wouldn't have had had a kid though. She has to be River Song to have their kid already, right? But it would be interesting if it is River Song who drops off the baby, knowing that the doctor would be there because she knows all of his faces. Yeah. 
Um, so that would be a cool twist. Whether they do that or not, I don't know. I mean, this was better writing than the, the other three specials. Yes. Uh, Much better writing. Save for the third special where, like, that was actually pretty decent, except for the game of catch at the end. Yeah. I thought this showed a lot about the new Doctor with he, him being an adventure. Uh, he's willing to kill something. Whether yeah. or not he knew he was killing it or not. He, he destroyed that ship and killed he's the king. Very, he's a very happy doctor. And he's very happy-go-lucky and not like angry or or moody about yeah. stuff. Um, and like Jodie Whittaker, I felt like she was smart and kind of clever, but like she had a figure. You're you're watching her figuring it out. Matt Smith was like whimsical and had and would figure stuff. You watch him figure stuff out, but he's being whimsical about it. Um, pure. Uh, was it Peter Capelli or whatnot? Yeah, he's the he's angry doctor. He's always angry about yeah. everything. Um, and this one is very happy go lucky, and you don't see him like the figure part part was like the rope part, but it wasn't like he's trying to put pieces together and it has to work it out loud. He like he just thinks about himself like, all right, cool, I got it. Yeah, and he's like, dick, 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 dick. all right, <coughs> let's go. Yeah. Um, where Whitaker felt like had to talk about it and out loud to piece the pieces together, and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. Where Matt Smith doesn't do that at, as much. And like I said, Peter Capanelli was just like angry Doctor Who. Or angers. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do with this. It's a fortunate we talk like the end of April for the Kyoto another episode. Yeah. But when when it comes out, you bet you're bonkers that we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And it should be on Disney Plus. Yes. Too, it, which will be good. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus and probably it. Max or it's BBC. So yeah, the, the old, all the old episodes are on the BBC. Yeah, uh, uh, on Max. Uh, I wonder if they're moving the whole thing over to uh, Disney Plus or, or maybe it's just the new season and new episodes for we'll, now. We'll have to see. But we'll find out. So far, so good. Really like it. I like the Doctor style. It's kind of like the seventies, like jacket, Col- Columbo like look. Cause he has a, a black, le- uh, a no, brown I- leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has, like, a deep V-cut, like, 70s shirts and stuff. So it's kind of interesting the style that they're giving him. Yeah. Whether they keep him with that, we'll have to see. Because we saw him with lots of different costumes. Like, him wearing the tank the top kilt. and the kilt was interesting. Mm-hmm. And so we've never seen the Doctor wear before. Um, but I think the coat's probably going to stay a staple for him. Yeah, we'll see. Because it being a Christmas special, again, they could change everything. I know. And we won't know for sure. Um, well, we'll find out in April. Yep. Um, but... That is our show this week. It's a little bit shorter than before, but um, next week we will have... A 50th episode special. We'll talk about Monarch first, and then we will talk about uh, our year in review. Yeah, I'll, we'll go over everything we've talked about this year, uh, what, our, what we like the best, what we did... Uh, what we did. Our la- of last year, of 2023. Yeah, of 2023, yeah. We'll have that all next week, kind of be our, our 2023 year in, re- in review. This is going to be the first ep- episode of... 2024 so thank you for listening and thank you for sticking around and we're gonna have a ton of more stuff to talk about this year yep uh as we go through all the different pop culture stuff and movies and tv shows that are gonna be coming out games um yeah it should be another good year for games as well so we'll talk about all that stuff when we get around to it um so until next time we'll see you then bye bye